Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I are going to recap season one. Thank you for listening along for all 22 episodes. We've got a full docket today. I'll do a little synopsis of uh, the whole season. I promise it will not be long. Uh, We'll go over some of the things we've been counting. And then Roger and I will just kind of like talk about favorites in many different categories. We'll pick a winner of the season and we'll talk about what we're excited for for season two. Uh, So to start with the synopsis, in this opening season of Once Upon a Time, which was the highest rated season of Once Upon a Time, we saw Henry bring Emma to Storybrooke and establish Operation Cobra to bring back all the happy endings. We met our cast of heroes and villains in Storybrooke and their backstories, including why Regina cast the curse in the first place, because Snow White was responsible for the death of her true love. Rumpelstiltskin engineered the curse to get back to his son, who he abandoned to a land without magic. Emma breaks the curse with true love's kiss, saving Henry's life. And Mr. Gold reunites with Belle and wishes for magic to come to Storybrooke. So, the things that we've been counting. I cried 16 times. Four of them alone were in the last episode. For reference, there are 22 episodes. So, this cry ratio is... Above 75%, if my math is correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, We've only had one magic bean. We promise there will be more. And you now know why that seems silly. Uh, We haven't gotten the day's ride yet. We'll get more of that. Uh, We only got one should have listened to Emma. There will be more, I promise. And Roger has had six top five episodes, which he is now going to dispute. But he has said it six times. I have said it six times. However, there's an asterisk for the pilot as I move that down to six. But yes, I have said it six different times. And for our winners, so we track these separately for who Roger says and who I say. Roger's top three winners were Rumple with six, Regina with five, and then... A lot of people were tied for with two wins, including Emma, which is in my top three as well. Um, but I'm going to name Catherine here because I feel like it's quite a flex that she's a really minor character and she won two episodes for Roger. My top wins are uh, Regina with seven, Emma with six, and Rumpel with four. For losers, uh, Roger's top losers are Regina with eight... Including a four-loss streak or five-loss streak yeah. at the end? Uh, Snow with four and Emma with three. And mine are Rumple with seven, Regina with seven, and Snow with four. Apparently we agree on Snow's loses, lo- loses, losses. Losses. I wonder if every Snow episode that I picked as a loss for her that you picked as a loss for her. That's a good question. That's a good question. So we are going to start with a little conversation about missed opportunities. Uh, Roger, I, I only have two. I'm sure you have more, and I think mine will overlap with yours. I have four and a half. Okay. Um, and I'm going to, I wanted to, I pointed out a note. This is my favorite season, and there's only one episode that I truly dislike. Out of the 22, I think they went 21 for 22. So this is best season, highest ratings. Love the plots throughout. So why don't we start with yours, and I'll go two of mine, and then we'll go yours, and I'll go two of mine. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to work out that way because I'm certain that mine overlap with yours. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> my first one is not waking more people up. I wanted to see those interactions 
Um, so do you mean not waking more people up gradually yes, throughout the season? not waking more people up gradually. Because every time we did that, it was really interesting. Like, it was very interesting that Rumple was awake before everyone else, which one might expect. It was interesting when Graham wakes up. It's interesting to think, like, what could have happened if Snow had woken up. Um, I think there were a lot of times where that could have gotten a lot more interesting. And I guess... Yeah, I'll save my second one. <laughs> okay. So I have one that is similar to that, but it's it, I agree with everything that you said about that. I would have awoken people gradually throughout the season because all of those moments were great. And also speculating on who was awake was so fun. Mm-hmm. Is Gold awake? Then you run into Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson's been awake the whole time, but he's being tortured. That's amazing. And then uh, finding out that Gold was awake that Regina found out or Graham wakes up momentarily and then he dies. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'm going to say is that at the very end, I did not like that they woke everyone up. Oh, same. That's my second one. Why did they end the curse in the first season? Well, that's a different discussion. I'm not saying the curse shouldn't have been broken. I'm saying even if the curse broke, some people should have stayed asleep. Why? Because I think it could have been more interesting that she. Well, broke I don't mean it, that of. it would be more interesting, but like that, have, I don't understand. That wouldn't work. Like, what does that mean? Why oh, wouldn't they wake up? I, I can get to that <laughs> later, but that's that's fair. I get what you're saying. Um. Okay, so I guess we've revealed both of yours. I told you they would be short. One of my biggest missed opportunities is Cora only shows up once. Yeah. She is an unbelievable villain. It's like Regina is the villain of the show so far, and Cora is the monster behind her. We should have gotten three to four episodes of Cora because she's so good. She's so convincing. She's so menacing. I mean, she she does all of this. It's not her intent the way Gold's is or Rumple, but her crushing Daniel's heart was just so sad. It was just like, what is wrong with you? And Barbara Hershey's performance is so good, which is really saying something considering how good Lana Perea is, um, to have her stand next to her and be, it's it's awesome. The moment in which she is so proud of Regina finally embracing being evil is like one of the more sick moments in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, you finally become the woman I want you to be, and Regina's miserable. It's really sad. That That's a moment. This is something that's not going to make sense to you later. They needed more Belle in this season. And I am not <laughs> a huge Belle fan in later seasons, but her and Gold's interactions are always fantastic. I've always loved them. I actually liked that she was kind of his version of Jiminy Cricket. Like, she's mm. kind of his conscience. And so having more of that earlier would have made sense to me. And I'm going to get to that a little bit more down this episode, but she should have been out earlier. I want you to know how truly bonkers this is. Roger really doesn't like Belle. <laughs> season one, Belle is fine. Season two through six, Belle drives me batty. And then season seven, Belle is great. I think we only see her once, though. Mm-hmm. Meh, twice. Okay. Um, I already talked about Shunov and Woken, some people. My second biggest missed opportunity is instead of that dreamy episode, the one I really can't stand, how on earth did we not get a Henry backstory episode? Mm, there yeah. were so many holes and things that were from questions, whether it's people not aging, the logistics of the town. We could have just gotten a quick little flashback for Henry that everyone else gets about, like, he gets this book from Mary Margaret, and he starts noticing that things don't make sense, and how does he start to put together that... Because he... How would he even know that Regina isn't his birth mother? I'm sure she told him he was adopted. But it would have been nice to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things that could have been, like, kind of the prequel to this season. We should have gotten a Henry. Yeah, that's sure. a good one. I, I would love to see more Henry. And it would have been great, and it would have just been, like, it would have tied everything together. Like I said, I've always speculated that gold was behind him getting out anyway, so that would have been... Good to see. I also think it's interesting. I remember when the show was on TV and even myself watching it, thinking sometimes Henry's really annoying. 
And, like, every time I've rewatched it in the past couple years, I'm like, why did I think Henry was annoying? Like, he's right, like, all the time. Sometimes he's a little, like, doe-eyed. It's, like... He's 10. Yeah, he's 10. I just... I'm like, Henry's great. We need more Henry. I also... Yeah, I thought he was an annoying little kid the first time. Then the second time, I was like, well, he kind of annoys me, but he's not wrong. And then now, watching, I was like, he doesn't actually bother me. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually, in, in, in many ways, I'm like... Why didn't we just listen to Henry? Like, the last time I watched the show, I think there's one thing that Henry does in season five that I think is bonkers, uh, especially considering how old he is in season five. Uh, oh, and a lot of things happen in season seven, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> also, I found it interesting that so many grown people went to Henry for advice. Yes, so many. I know it wasn't meant to be played comedically, but it's hilarious that all these grown men go to Henry and be like, I don't know what to do here. He's like, let's go talk to the 10-year-old boy who everyone thinks is crazy. <laughs> so that one, that would have been the, I would have replaced Dreamy with the Henry backstory like, you know, Once Upon a Time book or whatever you want to call it. My number one missed opportunity, and this is the one that bothers me the most throughout the show, is Mary Margaret not waking up. Mm. When she smells that blanket, that should have woken her up. And I think the stakes of everything else would have been so much more interesting. The affair was kind of low stakes to me because we know how it was supposed mm-hmm. to end. The affair being, I'm right because this is my husband and I'm cursed. It's way more interesting to see how she would have done things. And also, mm-hmm. everyone else who's awake knows they're awake and knows how to deal with it. She wouldn't. So her both trying to figure out how to protect her daughter without revealing to her that she knows her daughter. Or trying to... Um, stay with Charming, but knowing that Charming's in a, you know, loveless marriage again, essentially. And then also trying to hide from Regina the fact that she's awake and what the consequences could be if she figures out that Snow White is awake. That would have been so much more interesting to me. And also, like, everybody else who had, like, significant contact with Emma in this way wakes up. They set it up perfectly, which at the end of an episode... Like the blanket. With the blanket. It was absolutely perfect. And they missed this, and it was like... That was dumb to me. Like, I, I think I said to you, I would have much preferred the relationship between Charming and Snow to have been Mary Margaret is asleep and it's Snow White who's awake and she's in love with Charming. But that's not actually Charming. That's David. And David is in love with Mary Margaret. So it's like this weird star-crossed lovers, but it's just the two people. <laughs> would have been way more interesting. And even at the end of the episode, or the end of the season, David leaves. And let's say he loses his memory again. Mm-hmm. And now she has to basically find her way back to him. Would have been way more interesting. That's that's the biggest... I think that's the biggest missed opportunity of this series, personally. I think the biggest missed opportunity of the series is that they didn't... They lifted the curse at the end of season one. That I would be a I think they should have waited that. longer. I, at least two seasons. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would have been fine with some of the people getting their memories back. Like, if our main mm-hmm. cast gets their memories back, and then season two is, let's help everyone else try to lift this, would have been fine. You did not mention your Cinderella thing. I'm shocked. Yeah, so... It, it was my theory that Emma was Cinderella. I don't think it was necessarily a missed opportunity. Oh, no, not that. Oh, the no, fact just that, that there's not her. more Cinderella. Yeah, so in watching it again, I am shocked that they didn't use Cinderella because I think she's probably top three famous Disney princesses. But I don't know that she adds necessarily anything that you needed. So I don't call it a missed opportunity. I was just surprised that yeah. you wouldn't. Like, I think a lot of little girls grow up to want to be Cinderella. And they just, she's a throwaway character in the show. Yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, we talked about in the episode about Cinderella that Ashley is a lot, actually way more interesting than Cinderella because they don't do anything really to update Cinderella's sto- like storybook story other than the fact that they combine it with the Rumpelstiltskin story. Yeah. Um, but Emma being Cinderella would have been interesting. That would have been interesting, yeah. I think my... 
I'm I'm glad that they didn't do more Cinderella because I think one of the things that the show suffers from in future seasons is there are too many characters. Like yeah. we have we have enough characters. We don't we don't need to add more. <laughs> or at the very least, it's okay to have more characters in their area. Bringing all of the new characters into storybook mm, becomes mm-hmm. problem because you can go places and run yeah. into people, and then you have a nice you know story arc, and then you leave, and then they're gone. Absolutely. Okay, best outfits. This one will be fun. Do you want to? What's your first one? Emma's pink dress. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Emma's red dress. It's pink. No one <laughs> agrees red. with you that it's red. It's pink. It's red. It's pink. Um, yeah, no that that sets the tone for how different she is from everyone else because all of the women in the show wear very flowery uh enchanted costume you know like they're all like classic disney stuff and emma's out here rocking like a skin tight club dress and the first thing i think we see her it was a is very jarring for mm-hmm. what you would expect a disney princess to wear that's true my first one is emma's red jacket oh okay i, I, I mean it's just iconic like yeah. it she wears it all the time it will learn a uh, really interesting backstory about it later. Um, it's a great jacket. She looks good in it. Okay. I love it. Okay. All the rest of mine are things that Regina wears. <laughs> <laughs> Three of my next four are Regina's. Okay, cool. However, my fourth one is Rumpel's awesome jacket. Oh. I love his the jacket. The one with the with the feathers on it? Yes. Yeah, that one's really cool. I call it his cape because <laughs> that's what it looked like. But it just seems very like long and flowing. And it's, it's over the top and it's ridiculous and it is Rumpelstiltskin to a T. It is awesome. That's a good one. Um, I really like Regina's blue velvet dress, which I think you have on your list also. Correct. Yeah. That's a, it, I, I mean, velvet is amazing. It's very regal. Um, and, and Regina looks amazing. It's flattering. It. Yeah. Amazing. I have, I have the blue velvet. I suspect you also have the red velvet. I also have the red velvet. Yes. Okay. Um, and then my next one, I guess this isn't like a particular... Um, costume it's like a style of costume regina often wears costumes that are like leather pants on the bottom and it's got like kind of like a train Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like pants and a dress and i love it like anytime she wears that i feel like she wears it a lot when she's in her carriage yeah she does and it makes it it looks really badass and it's like more functional because it's pants so she could like ride a horse or whatever uh but also she looks awesome yep my last one is very different, and it's probably because of the different way that we look at Regina, but her plunging neckline from Wonderland. Mm. Fantastic. That's a really nice dress, actually. It is a I very like dress nice a dress. I also liked it because it really played off the fact that I thought she really did have a thing for Jefferson, mm. and I always pointed out that she dressed that way when she was around men that she thought she could wield sex as a weapon with, as mm-hmm. opposed to she never dresses like that around the dark one, no. at least not in this season. No, definitely not. Okay, now we're going to talk about top five lines. <clears throat> we both have more than five. Uh, five may not be the... I have... So I have top five character who spoke lines, but then there's definitely more than one for almost everyone. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go first and do two? <laughs> sure. So, number five, Granny, has mm. two of my favorite lines in the ep- on this season. You stupid, careless, ridiculous girl. That's a good one. <laughs> which also kind of transitions to into that poor boy. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite granny line is, if you don't get on, I will. <laughs> That's a really good one. I almost picked that. Quintessential granny. <laughs> it's really good. My first one is from the pilot when Regina tells Emma that she will destroy her. 
That was almost my most ridiculous moment. <laughs> it's just so... I think that that should have been Emma's first crack. Like, nobody talks like this. Like, who talks like that? An evil queen. Yeah, an evil queen talks like that. Okay. What's your next two? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the one character who only has one for me. Okay, okay, that's fine. And it's Emma. And it is... It's one of the more mean lines without intending it to be mean. It's just that she can't hold herself back. It's when she's talking to Mary Margaret and says, "You got." she delivered a well-deserved slap. And it's the reaction that Mary Margaret gives her afterwards where it's like, oh, even you think I'm a tramp. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good line. It's very meaningful. Um, and it sometimes, Emma has a tendency to hurt people without meaning to. Yep. And uh, that was a, a good first indication of Especially that. saying that to your mother. Yes. Now, she doesn't know of it's course. her mother, but still, that's kind of painful. Uh, well, I have one from Emma, too, which I think is... I, I, I don't know that, like, this line is my favorite, but I think it's very enigmatic of the season. We were just talking about this. You just went to a 10-year-old for help. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, and which man is she talking to? I think this is Graham, This right? is Graham. But, but she could, she could say to... this to really anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anybody at any time august definitely could have qualified here yeah no there's uh <clears throat> yeah you went to a 10 year old for help is pretty great uh-huh what's your what are your next two next three three actually all three of the remaining have three okay uh rumpelstiltskin my okay. favorite has three of my favorite lines one of them you talked about finding ridiculous i think he called you most ridiculous moment we need a new maid yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> the fact that he is so gratuitously just killing people to the point that he just has, like, blood on his feet and is just trying to joke with it with Bellfire. And I think he even says, like, oh, my God, you killed her. Like, why would you do this? And his explanation is even, like, well, even mutes can draw pictures. Like, he just, he's truly becoming dark. Also, fun point, uh, Bellfire actually responds with, oh, gods. Yes. So uh, yep. they are polytheistic as well. Okay, fair enough. Um the line that he gives to, I believe he says it both to Snow and Charming, I'm invested in your future. Mm -hmm. Very Palpatine-like to me. Yeah. You will watch your career with great interest. I love that line. My favorite line of his, though, because it is a flat-out lie, but he cannot help himself. My power means more to me than you do. Mm. Which he believes at the time, genuinely, and we will find out at the end, he actually didn't believe that. Yeah. That's, those are good. Those are really good. I have another rumble one um which is said several times throughout the series i just i think it's a very powerful line all magic comes with a price and we saw someone pay a really heavy price in the last episode i think the way he delivers that to regina is my favorite because she mm -hmm. said and you'll have to pay it and it turns out henry had to pay it henry had to pay it okay that's uh, a good line that's actually like a theme of the show magic has a price yeah so it is it's a, really it's a theme of the show I have another Rumple one, so Ooh. I can go with that. Evil isn't born, it's made. Oh, interesting. I thought Regina says that one. I think they both say it. Interesting. Because okay. I think it's in an episode where they, there's, it's like in a flashback and in Storybrooke. Okay. That's one of my Regina Yeah, lines. Regina says it to David when yes. they're talking about um, the murderer, mm -hmm. Catherine's murderer. Uh, and I think Rumple says it about Regina. That's fair. In the enchanted forest. with very different meanings because i feel like a lot of time when regina's saying it she's saying Cora or snow made her this way whereas i think when rumple says it he's saying that he made the evil queen this a way. conflict person <laughs> yes okay your next three well two because you already said one for regina oh, okay. evil okay. was born 
Um, when she looks at David and says, evil doesn't always look evil. Sometimes it's just staring you in the face. I think I may have paraphrased that. I, I have that one too. Yep. It's evil doesn't always look evil. Sometimes it's staring right at us and we don't even notice. Perfect. What a taunt. What a taunt. What a flex. What a flex. A- absolutely. I love it. It's just a great line. It really is like peak evil queen to me. However, I, one of my favorite things I love is whenever Regina and Mr. Gold bump heads and clash swords... Do you have what I want, says Rumple, And Regina smirks and says, yes. Because he's asking about the teacup and she's thinking about Belle. Mm-hmm. It is such a great conclusion to their little battle in that episode. It is a good conclusion. I only have one more. How many do you have? Three, but it's for the same person. Same person. Okay. Mine is a theme rather than a quote. Okay. Mine is the best chance thing. Giving your child your best chance. So many people say it. Throughout this season and many seasons of the show, it's really important and it helps people grow as characters. And I think it's good. It's a good line. I'm assuming you don't apply this to Rumpel getting power to give his son his best chance. You would not qualify that. He as. also doesn't say that. He doesn't. But I think he. Be- <laughs> but I do think he believes it. He does believe it. I would not say that. My final character is Mary Margaret because she has some of the she has most some really good brutal slapdowns. And she just delivers like all lines so well. Like one of the ones I almost put on here, but it's just so meaningless throwaway line was, we're making a volcano. Yeah. I just love how she delivers well, that. Because she runs in, says that, and then leaves. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Like it's just a perfect drive-by. Um, her When she finally stands up to the mayor, the evil queen, he's with his mother. That is a deep cut deep cut to say that to a woman who has adopted a child knowing how much that's going to hurt you absolutely are going for the jugular and i love it it's just fantastic um the line these two actually come in the same episode and they're to the same person don't buy me one buy me two drinks (laughs) what a great line just confident and just accepted that things are not going to work out so she's going to try a different path but i don't know that you're going to get a better line in this season than Oh, I hope you didn't leave the hospital because of me. Why would it be about you? <laughs> so damn insulting. And she didn't mean it to be insulting. It just didn't even occur to her that he would have had any relevance to the decision she made because it's not about him. And he thinks, oh, it must have been because of us. She's like, no. Intent not doesn't matter. Intent is meaningless. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah. Those are all good. There's a lot of good lines in this show. I think it's even more amusing to me when Mary Margaret gives the lines because she's not like when Regina throws a fireball there's intent usually sometimes Mary Margaret does but it's just that's just how she that's just what she's saying she's just being honest I mean I didn't even pick any of Regina's like truly hilarious barbs the one about the shiv like (laughs) did you cut the cord with the shiv that's rough um what's the one that she says well you've you've already finished checking this room (laughs) she makes some nasty barbs towards Emma and it's great every time really great all right, most ridiculous moment. I struggled with this one, but I think it's the biggest mistake of the season. Okay. Not using Belle as a bargaining chip yeah. when you desperately needed help. I truly don't understand what her motivation for capturing Belle then was. Yeah, that's um, that's a good one. Yeah. I have two. And I don't know, ridiculous is maybe not exactly the word that I would use, but I've, well, one of them is ridiculous. The fucking skeleton keys. Like, I just can't get over this. Like, not only do they exist, but people know that they exist and they just, like, don't take them away. Like, Emma is the sheriff. As the sheriff, she could be like, you are not allowed to have keys to other people's apartments. Let me have those. Or why do you have these? Yeah. I think you said this. Gold having these makes total sense. He is the landlord. He owns every building in town. Therefore, he would have a key to every lock in town. 
Makes total sense. When does the mayor have them? I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and my, I actually, I have another one, which is... How can it, you have so many lines? That's ridiculous. <laughs> it, no, it's... This is more of an actual, like, moment rather than just, like, a thing. Um, Catherine reappearing. Like, I, ridiculous again is not quite the word I would use. Sure. But I just remember when that happened, I was like, what the fuck? That would have, was my most shocking moment of the season. Because I was convinced she was dead. Yeah, absolutely. I was convinced she was dead. It had created the soapiest drama and like this just really felt like oh your husband that had amnesia is having an affair with someone and lied to you about it and then he was accused of killing you but then she was accused of killing you but you're not actually dead you're alive and you just reappeared i also i remember thinking this not the first time but the second time is how wild would it have been if Catherine was actually awake and working with regina oh like Against her will, so because she, she had no reason to do this, but basically, like, had Regina been, you know, where she captures Belle, let's say she's got Frederick and saying, I will kill him unless you do exactly what I need you to do. And so she's working for Regina because she has no choice. Would have been wild. So she had to disappear because she told her to frame her for murder. That's really dark. It, yup. <laughs> yes, it is. It's really dark. Yep. It also would have changed the whole Catherine being just an innocent bystander every time. Like, this time she actually had taken some actions. Now you understand why, but she wasn't as innocent as she would have been in this season. Did you just have the one? I just have... That is my most ridiculous moment. I have other ridiculous moments, but that is the ridiculous moment to me. Uh, You're a loser of the season. I, honest to God, can't imagine it's anyone but Regina. Yeah, it's definitely Regina. I, I could go back to the previous episode and just point out the four things that happened to her, and that's why she lost this it season. It is kind of impressive how many wins she had in the season, though. Well, it's because of the bell curve. Yeah. She did a great job at some point realizing she needs to go back to being a schemer and was on a streak of, like, just peaking. And then she got cocky. Yeah, then she got cocky. Like, and truthfully, what is the most unfortunate is that nobody really schemed. Like, Gold was scheming diagonally. But it was mostly Regina beating Regina. Mm-hmm. She just couldn't get out of her own way. Taunting Gold when she thinks she's won. Or telling Mary Margaret that she set her up. It's like, what is wrong with you? Or just being so hell-bent on revenge when you could have gotten an easier victory this way. It, it was just wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she did cast her curse. That was what she wanted all along. So that's a that's a win. Is it, though? But it didn't get her what she wanted. Well, I've always wondered, what was her end game? Just to keep everyone here permanently trapped? Yeah. And she didn't think that that just wasn't going to work long term? Like, that just seems strange to me. Well, and we'll see later that she's not happy mm-hmm. at a certain point. Because living the same day over and over again for 28 years would be boring. Yeah, because she's also going to be miserable. It's like hell. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, nothing changes. Nothing changes at all. Do we know if she is trapped in Storybrooke? No, she's not. She leaves Storybrooke. So she could have left and found, like, new and interesting adventures if she wanted. <laughs> just leave them there to live in their, like, cycle life forever? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just have, like, a puppet, you know, just who does stands in for what she does. Create a robot. Sure, why not? But then she'd have to, like, deal with practical things, like money. Yeah, you're right. She would. She'd be like, I've been a mayor of this town for as long as anyone can remember. That's my resume. As long as anyone can remember. And she never has to pay for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So we've got top, we have top 10 moments. We're going to go back and forth. And then mine are not in any particular order until we get to the last one, which is my top moment. Did you confirm your loser is the same as mine? Mine is Regina. Yeah. Okay. 
Absolutely. There is, as you said, there is no other loser of this season. And I'm like, I can't even pick a runner up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Regina by a wide margin. <laughs> What's your first top moment? Okay, so I'm going to start going backwards. I'm starting at number five. The reaction that Rumple gives when he is called the Beast <laughs> is hilarious to me. He's just so like, mock, how dare you, sir? It's just great. I, I love how ridiculous it is. It's kind of the first reference to him being the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. I, I love his just over-the-top um, reaction. It's just hilarious. It's fake outrage, and I love it. It's Rumpelstiltskin in a nutshell. That is hilarious. I I want to make that face all the time now. I wish I wish that the viewers could see us making the face. Mm-hmm. It's a good face. My first one, so number five, is Regina calling out the issues of the original Beauty and the Beast story to Belle. Stockholm Syndrome? (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. I just, I think it was an interesting choice for several reasons. One, Disney making fun of itself, great. Also, in a show that really tries to give more depth to all characters, it's, it's interesting to like make you think about that. Yeah, and I like that, you know, we talk about one of the things we like is that the characters are shallow in the original stories, whereas this one they do have depth yeah. like you talk about. And they're not just helpless. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not just, oh, I was singing and a man heard me and fell in love with me because of that. Like, real things happen, and it's interesting to watch how they actually come together. No, and but- how Regina delivers those lines, like the master or lover. Oh, master and lover. Like, so good. Which is funny because I think I said in an episode, I think that's something she'd be into. <laughs> she likes the manipulation, so I'm sure she finds that like, oh, that sounds fun. What's your four? So this is more of a, a concept in a moment. Anytime Snow and Charming are fighting, because mm. they're absolute badasses. But I especially love, at the beginning, you see how much of a badass Charming is when he's fighting to save Emma. And at the end, when Snow is fighting to save Charming. And it's kind of the same scene, but it's just told at the end of each um, season. I love when they're fighting the knights. They're just... Super badasses. I've never thought about that before, and you describing that just gave me a chill. Nice work. Thank you. <laughs> um, my number four is Rumpel bottling true love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's something that no one else has ever done before. Regina is visibly shocked when she learns that he has done that. She's like, what? You did what? How? Yeah. And it, it really says something. I mean, we constantly talk about... Every time Snow and Charming look at each other, like it's there's like electricity between them. And there's I mean, I don't know, science is not the right word, but there's he's like scientifically bottled that that electricity together. There's a physical manifestation of the fireworks that we have described. Like their yeah. hairs literally intertwine and change colors. And it's really significant. He needed that to it was like the last piece to his puzzle to get back to his son it it is what made emma the savior yeah so it was very significant and Mm -hmm. he went through a lot to get that he he did go through a lot yeah no i love that moment that's a great moment um my number three moment when rumple realizes that bell is actually coming back and he runs downstairs (laughs) like a giddy schoolboy, but then pretends to be just you know like oh you came back and in reality he is overjoyed i i this season, Belle, and this Rumple are fantastic. They're my second favorite couple ever. Like, if I could just keep those two together. Mm. Just never let them change. Great moment. That is a really, it's really funny. It's really, Because really the Dark cute. One doesn't show that for no, anyone. he doesn't. He loves Bellfire, but it's not in the same way. Like, this, he was giddy. Which, it's like seeing the Dark One dance. It's ridiculous. It's, it's adorable. Uh, my number three is also a Rumple moment. 
seeing Rumpel's name on the dagger for the first time is just so... It's really cool. It's also one of the few gotcha moments that mm-hmm. Rumpel suffers. It's true. Yeah. It's a big it's a big moment. It's really meaningful. It is what drives his character. Yep. Yeah. I would also say it's one of the rare times that a one-off character won an episode. Mm-hmm. For, for you. For me. <laughs> because of the fact that you tricked the Dark One. You which, did. Impressive work. He wasn't the Dark One at the time, but still. You're number two. I, again, a moment. But I, you love um, whenever Emma and Regina work together. I love when Rumple and Regina are battling. Mm. It is so fun. I love when they toy with each other. I love when they scheme. Specifically in Skin Deep, when she shows up at the end and just taunts him with no mercy. Looks like you need to get a new girl. And tells that fake story about how Belle was cast out and killed. And just stomps all over Rumple. It's fantastic. I just, I love their battles. They're so fun together. They're great villains. That is, I mean, she taunts him so much that he kind of loses his shit for one of two times. The other time we saw was when he's talking to Blue right after he loses his son. He, sorry, talking. When he's screaming at Blue right after he loses his son. He loses his stuff one more time. Oh, when is that? When he's beating the oh, shit course. out of Mr. Of French. Of course, when he's beating the shit out of Mr. French. And he's screaming. Which is related to the first time. It is, it is. <laughs> My number two is when Emma calls Mary Margaret family. I think that... The Jefferson episode? Uh, yes. Okay. Yep, in the Jefferson episode. In um, Hat-trick. Hat-trick. It is... One, I mean, it's sappy and beautiful, and I love that. But I also... I mean, found family is such a powerful theme of this show. And I know that they actually are family, but they didn't know that at the time. And I, I think that's... It's just really beautiful. I think it's a really important interaction because I think that actually even happens after the well-deserved slap. So mm-hmm. even though that happened, she still is like, yeah, I believe you did this wrong thing, but I look at you like family. No, I, I think that's a great moment. It's a sappy moment, but it's a good moment. Yeah. My favorite moment, however, like, and this is a very specific moment, f- throughout the entire first half of the season, Rumpel does an excellent job of concealing who he is, and he finally gets cornered in a jail cell, and Regina makes him admit who are you? And he tries to dance around it. In this world, I've always been named as gold. But what about other worlds? And he finally just stares her down. Rumpelstiltskin. Mm. That was when things got real. Because now we know they're really... He's awake. We've confirmed it. And now it's going to be a fun battle to the end. Favorite moment of the entire That's season. a really good... That's a good moment. It gave me chills the first time I heard it. It gives me chills every time I watch it. And that was peak Regina scheming. She won the shit out of that episode. 100%. Biggest victory, <laughs> maybe biggest peak that anyone had. Like, she was on top of the world. Yeah, that was that was really good. My favorite moment is when Regina becomes the evil queen in The Stable Boy. That, like, when she's, she's sort of being fitted for her wedding dress, she talks to her mother, and you hear... I mean, it's not the first time we've heard her her musical theme, but it's the first time in chronology that we hear her musical theme. Like she, evil was made that day. Yeah. That's like the origin of the evil queen essentially. And yeah, Yeah. the look on her face when she turns from like smiling to just contempt. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good moment. It's also such a sad episode. Many mistakes were made. Uh, Yes. Many mistakes were made by Cora. By Cora, (laughs) by Regina, by by Snow. Snow. I mean, mistakes were made by, Pretty much everyone. Henry. Yeah. Leopold. Why are you proposing to this woman just because she saved your daughter once? It's a weird concept for marriage. Know better, Toby. <laughs> you should know better, Toby. Sheesh. It's almost as if he is 
later season to Toby, who is not Toby, who is some person that has been body snatched. Clearly. Okay, uh, we're going to do the winner of the season, and then we will talk about our top questions for the upcoming season. Uh, I have two winners. I have, do you have? I did a three, but I did it in order. Okay. Yep. Uh, number three, Emma. Okay, Emma is one of mine as well. That's my third place winner. I She became the savior. She, you know, acknowledged her destiny. She woke up. She broke the curse. Broke the curse. Lot, lots of wins here. I think she did a great job. Uh, my number two is gold. Okay. Engineered this. I can't believe he's not your number one. <laughs> so he gets... Honestly, I thought about it at the very end because he got Bell back, which is a super win. But I just think that there are too many times in which he got tricked and fooled, in which he probably should have known better, especially the August episode. Yeah. You knew, th- and he even says you wanted to believe it so bad. Do I even look like him? That's a painful burn, by the way. I could have included that in one of my favorite lines, but he does actually kind of look like him. Stubbly, tall. Brooding. If you wanted to see it, <laughs> yeah, sure, but like not really. You, I guarantee you our parents would know what we look like even if we hadn't seen them in 20 years. Does seven-year-old Pinocchio look like August? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. But that's also like fake. Yeah. So that's true. a little bit different. It's true. What is... Oh, okay. I'll finish my winner. It's Henry. Yeah. Hands down, it's Henry. My two winners were Emma and Henry. I also almost said Rumpel. I would gladly put him in the top three. I... He... I think that the reason that I didn't choose him is because, one, I cannot believe that he wished for magic. That is fucking ridiculous. And You're the, talking about Rumple? Yes. Um, and he, he, he did get what he wanted. Like, he engineered this, the curse broke, but we don't, he didn't actually, he didn't get to see his son in this season, which I think is, that's what he ultimately wants. So I don't, I don't think he's, he I don't think wants. he's done yet. Yeah, he's not done. I, and if, he, if Bell didn't come back to him, I think I would agree with you, but. He got Bell as, like, extra credit bonus, yeah. which is where that bumped him up in my second spot. That's true. That's really good. Yeah, I completely agree with you on Emma and Henry. I mean, he made all of this happen. And I, I think props to Henry for so many reasons. He's 10 years old. <laughs> yep. He managed to find his mother from locked juvenile records. I don't even know how one does that. And he believed when everyone told him he was crazy. Literally against all odds. Yeah. So, I mean, his birth mother is telling him that he's crazy. His real mother, or not real mother, his adopted mother is telling him that he's crazy, but is blatantly lying to him because she knows this is all real. His therapist is telling him that he's crazy. Like, there is, the only person on his side is a crazy stranger from out of town. Yep. And, I mean, he doesn't interact with Jefferson, but... The other person who Emma knows to share share this delusion is quite literally the Mad Hatter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and yet somehow he, he... I said it many times. There are weak men in this show. He is not one of them. No, he's This 10-year-old has more moral conviction than Sidney Glass and Henry Sr. and Mr. French combined. He is a very strong will, which makes sense considering who his mother and grandparents are, but he gets the job done. Like, well done. Yeah. Way to go, Henry. I don't think he will ever win another season. Like, this is the most Henry-focused season I think we get. Season seven. Yep, we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) 
But I mean, of the original six, this is by far the most Henry. Of the original six. (laughs) Season seven premiered directly (laughs) after season six. It wasn't a reboot or like it didn't come five years later. It uh, It felt like a reimagining, but I get what you're saying. It was a reimagining. We don't need to talk about that just yet. Nope. Friends, you will be disappointed by season seven. There are some gems, but you'll be disappointed. I actually think season seven is not as bad as a different season. That's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. What are your top questions for next season? Uh, So my number four question is how... Oh, you ranked them. I definitely didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I ranked them because it was like order of importance to me. Mm -hmm. How do you follow up the curse being broken? That's a good question. That to me, and we said this is like kind of like a regret you kind of needed to stretch this another uh-huh. season because the whole premise of this show was around this curse. And now the thing that you kind of built it around, which caused like all the plots and the mystery and the intrigue is gone. So now what am I tuning in for? Which they do some good jobs in some seasons, but I don't know that they recapture the magic of this. Like this was so fun and so great and so much speculation. Very lost like yeah. is how I felt this was. Well, and it's, I mean, with any TV show, that's always a question, like, how are they... Because it always has to be bigger. Like, you have to deliver something bigger. And, like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to follow up Avengers Endgame? Good question. (laughs) We'll be waiting. Mm. Uh, My first question is, what's going to happen to Regina? Everyone is after her. Magic is coming, though. So, or, yeah, magic is coming. That's what he said. Magic is here. (laughs) Magic has arrived. Magic has arrived. Uh, And how, like, how will she reconnect with Henry? She clearly wants that. And Emma is not going to be happy about that or allow it. And I, how is she going to do that without using Henry as a bargaining chip is a question that I had at the end of season one. So I had Regina's ultimate consequences as one of my questions. Uh Uh-huh. I also, so Henry's consequences are one question I have for Regina. The other question I have is, and this is what um, Rumpel alludes to and what Blue directly says, you better run. You've got an entire town full of people who are out for blood and you screwed them all. You should be really scared when a nun says that to you. A nun, a nun told you to run. This is like one of those horror movies about demons where the nuns are possessed. Like, it's one thing for Gold to tell you to run. It's another thing for Mother Superior to look at you and go, you are in trouble. Yeah. This, yeah. This is bad. Really bad. And sure, she might have magic, but other people might have magic. And also, my third question with Regina, you don't know it yet, but your big secret with Rumple just got out. Mm-hmm. Problems. Problems are waiting around the corner <laughs> for you at every turn. Problems. Problems. Uh, another one of mine is what will Emma do now that she's accepted that she's the savior? Mm-hmm. I think cause she, <laughs> she spent most of the season and especially the last like three or four episodes saying, I don't want this. I don't want this responsibility. I don't want it. Very Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. I don't want it. I don't want it. And then she did, she did accept it to save Henry, but will she be willing to continue doing it? Or is that even necessary? I mean, obviously there's a season, there's multiple seasons. There's going to be more conflict. She's going to have to continue to be the savior. Is she going to? What's she going to do about it? Fair enough. I also, I, one of my initial questions related to yours is, what is her relationship with Mary Margaret and David going to be like? Mm, That's a really good question. Because it's one thing to find your parents it's another thing to be the same age as your parents and have interacted in them with a way that is like we like talked about your sex life i literally watched you and my father have an affair 
<laughs> I interviewed you about a murder case. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just there's some been some weird interactions that they've had that, of course, they didn't know they were mother-daughter, but now they do. Not to mention that they abandoned her. I mean, they, ha- they had a good reason to give her a best chance, but for all Emma has known for her whole life, her parents abandoned her. One of the things that I think we disagree with is that I think you think she's a little justified in that. I think it's ridiculous that she's angry about that. Oh. And I say that only because of what her and Henry's situation is. No, I I don't... I think that I think about it a little... I don't know. Justified is not the word I would use. I don't think that she's right to be angry about it, but it's really hard to let go of something that you've been angry about for 28 years. I know this. I know that she has more information than she used to have about what happened with her parents, but it's it's really hard for her to see because for twenty eight years she didn't. That was not her best chance. She did not live her best life for twenty eight sure. years, and I just think it's really hard to let go of that. But she visually got a flashback of the moment she was given up. Yeah, like and he was really literally died to save her. I don't know that you. And also, on the flip side. Your son has never held that against you. Not one time yeah. has Henry thrown that in her face other than I want to spend time with you, uh-huh. which isn't him. It's just saying, like, I didn't get to see you for 10 years. And, okay, I understand maybe not understanding if you're only on one side of that equation, you're on the other side of that equation. And he had complete forgiveness for you. Like, I, I just, it seems ridiculous to me to hold animosity when you weren't given that same animosity by the person that you also abandoned to give them their best chance. Although, to be fair, sometimes she does project this animosity at her parents which is really unfair Mm -hmm. but regularly she projects it at the person whose fault it is which is not something that regina usually does in this situation no she actually does point her animosity towards regina though sometimes she does point her animosity towards her parents oh absolutely yeah i think but we're all human sure that's fair i'll give you that i don't remember where we are in the order i think it might be your turn (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think we went back and forth. I have one final question left. How many questions do you have I have, have two left? left. And let's go back to you. Uh, so in that in the episode where Snow in Apple is red as blood, when Snow finds Charming in the cell and he's actually in the mirror, and she says, will we ever have to stop finding each other? And that is my question. Like, they found each other now. They're awake. Are they going to have to keep doing this? Spoiler alert. The answer is yes. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. It's not really the same anymore. It's, I mean, it's different, but they're separated for a large portion of season two. Well, yes, they are separated for a large portion of time, but it's like, it, it feels like they're together on like a one person's on a vacation. Not that like they chose to do it, but it's different than like one person's been captured. They're like one person's in one realm, another person's in one realm. One person's asleep, another person's not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different type no, of... No, that's true. Like they are in a relationship together and there's like distance challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, distance challenges. In some cases, <laughs> realm challenges. <laughs> but you know, it's that kind of situation. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good question. It's actually what led me to the idea of had he lost his memories uh-huh. and then they are together but apart. Like, cause that's kind of the theme of the relationship. We're together, but we're always apart somehow. Uh-huh. Someone's pouring poison between us or one of us is captured by the enemy. Or, one you know. of us is in jail. They're in jail frequently. They are Both in, in Storybrooke and the Enchanted Forest. They get captured a lot for Royals too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fascinating. Um, what's your final question? 
My final question might be the same as your final uh, question. Might be. Is Rumple going to find his son? Where is Belfire? Yeah. That's 100% like, my biggest question. Where is he? Why is he not here in Storybrooke? Because that actually, I remember that being a question I had when I watched the show for the first time. Because they, you know, he wished to go to a land without magic. This is the land without magic. Rumple wanted to come here. Like, why is, I thought that Belfire was going to be in Storybrooke. I thought so too. And my question was, not only where is he, is he still alive? Because just because it said you were reunited doesn't mean that you were reunited with your alive son. You mm. might just find his grave, or you might have taken too long. Yeah, so it's been a long time. He could have died of natural causes. I thought it was fascinating in that conversation with the Blue Fairy. Rumpel says, I have all the time in the world. And I wanted to be like, but your son doesn't. I was like, he doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's the interesting part, too, is that the time between he drops in the portal and now, he's only aged about 30 years, maybe? Definitely not 30 years, because he was about, he was probably 14, he was 14 or 15. And we could say he, maybe when we run into him finally, spoiler, we're going to run into him in season two, mid-30s? Yeah, I would say, I know, I would say he's closer to Emma's age. Oh. Would certainly hope so. I would hope so too. Okay, so let's assume that he's 28 years old then. Mm-hmm. Only 14 years has passed in the real world? Yeah, that's possible. It feels like it took Rumpel a lot longer than 14 years to engineer this curse. It did. Then why is it only 14? Well, we won't talk about that when we get there. Gotcha. <laughs> that would be, but that would be one of my questions. Okay. Why is there a 14-year gap here? But I know it took Rumpel more than 14 years to do this. Because at the point in which he loses Belfire, I don't even think Snow and Charming are adults. Yeah. Yeah. I, so No, I don't think they're born yet. I don't even know if their parents are adults. Yeah. Yeah. So... Something happened where things got weird. Something happened where things got weird. Well, thank you for joining us uh, for this wild ride of a season of Once Upon a Time. We're looking forward to talking about season two in the coming weeks. It gets more exciting. More questions will get answered. More bonkers stories lines will occur. It's great. Please be sure to tune in. See you next season.